0: Bringing you this podcast today, our Rugby for Heroes. Rugby for Heroes are a not-for-profit organisation founded in 2009 in the wake of the death of Private Joe Whitaker, who was sadly killed on operations serving with the Parachute Regiment in Afghanistan in 2008. Rugby for Heroes fundraise for military charities. They do this by organising high-quality events which revolve around the themes of rugby, alcohol, live music, good food good people. Since they were formed Rugby for Heroes have raised nearly £120,000 for military charities. I have been a beneficiary of theirs in the past and it's actually how I came to know about Rugby for Heroes is when they reached out and helped me when I needed it most. And they have helped countless other individuals and countless other organisations help ex-military and servant personnel in their toughest times. Rugby the Heroes have got many events lined up for 2022. They've already held their first event. It was a supper club, raising money for the 353 charity, and they have got more supper clubs and more festivals on the way. Look at their website, rugbytheheroes.org to keep up to date when the next events are. Make sure you get along to at least one of them if you can, and I will see you there. I've been to every one of their events since I became aware of Rugby for Heroes, and like I said, since they helped me out, and I'll be going to every single one of their events in the future, wherever possible. RugbyforHeroes.org, or you can find them on social media, at Heroes at Rugby number four heroes. Also bringing you this podcast today, the Aardvark Group. Founded in 1982, Aardvark has established itself as a major player in its field, Renowned for its exceptional technology and innovative propositions that have supported countless defence ministries, the humanitarian and NGO sectors and commercial operators in theatres of war and post-conflict environments around the world. Aardvark is foremost a humanitarian organisation working to help rid the world of the explosive remnants of war. Their technologies are uniquely developed by operators for operators, which ensures that every product, system, or platform conforms to the essential criteria of stability, survivability, and reliability. Aardvark! know that to have a truly lasting positive impact their technologies must be cost effective and so they've commissioned a number of projects with their research partners to develop technical innovations with a core aim of delivering affordable solutions that can be deployed directly into communities to reduce the incidence of accidents and deaths due to explosive threats. As well as their core products and services, they also have an online shop where if you're an individual who works in a post-conflict zone in a high-threat situation, in a high-threat environment, you can get kit from Ardvark. Their website is aardvark.group. Go there and at checkout, use the discount code HHOUR. And while you're there, make sure you check out all of their products, all their services, including unmanned ground and air vehicles. Also, Bringing you this podcast today are Combat Cigars. Combat Cigars was founded in 2021 by three friends, three former colleagues in the Parachute Regiment, the British Army, and I'm very glad to say I am one of those three. Very glad to have been invited into the company, and it is super exciting to be working with those guys again. Combat Cigars sources its cigars from a family who have been rolling cigars in the heart of Colombia for over 200 years. The cigars that Combat Cigars supply to you are only available through Combat Cigars. You cannot get these anywhere else. Each cigar is unique and we have four currently in the collection. We have the Last Post, we have the Oath of Allegiance, we have the Center of Mass and we have the Victory. The Victory features on its cigar band the medal ribbon of the South Atlantic medal with rosette. Very significant at the moment, given that it is the 40th anniversary of the Falklands conflict. Head over to Combat combatcigars.co.uk to see the collection. Also check out the Combat Cigars Humidor, which is handmade out of ammunition tins and will keep your cigars perfectly stored for whenever you need them. When you think of cigars for your next event, well, the next event you're at, be it a wedding, be it a mess do, a dining in, a dining out, a promotion, or just getting together with your old crew, think Combat Cigars. CombatCigars.co.uk Redeployable, we're recording. Welcome to the H Hour Podcast Studio.
1: How are you doing? You you alright? <laughs>
0: <laughs> How's yeah, it going? Yeah, good, 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 good. Perfect. Mate, it's good to have you here. Glad we could glad sorted out. And um nice and early too. I like them early. Yeah. I feel like I'm more coherent early in the morning. Yeah. And yeah. The, the longer the day goes on, the more is on my mind and the less I can form a decent thought.
1: I agree. So like you lose willpower throughout the day, don't you, I think? So, I've just had a baby, so this is I used to get up at 5am every morning and now I'm getting up at 7 because I'm hanging out all the time, so it's good to get up early yeah. again and get here. Yeah.
0: Definitely. Uh, right, it is the 1st of March. Happy St. David's Day, Hugh. Thank you very much, <laughs> Hugh. Uh, Happy St. David's Day, Welsh people. 1st of March, it is mental time. I don't think I've known a time where, in my life, where the world has been this fucking crazy. Yeah. Within the space of a week, yeah, like normal to crazy. Within the space of a week, you got you got so right now, you've got Ukraine and Russia uh, holding talks in Belarus while Russia are smashing the shit out of Ukraine. Um, you've got Russia has been banned from pretty much inv- being involved in anything at all. FIFA have banned from all football, yeah. haven't they? Um they can't get they can't even fly over europe at the moment let alone land in europe all the banks have been frozen i've seen a call this morning for uh, from biden to call calling for cryptocurrency exchanges to ban russian related transactions uh what shall take it all what do you think the outcome's going to be here
1: um i don't it's it's a hard one isn't it like i haven't i and I was saying to you a second ago. I've I've kind of detached myself from the news for the last two years. I don't I don't read it. Don't read any papers. D- deleted Facebook. Don't don't watch the news. And I've watched more news in the last five
0: days than I've watched probably in the last five years. So I started minimizing it within the last two years. Same thing. What prompted you to do it?
1: I just don't know. I I, I I'm. I don't know. I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all. I don't by any means. But I just. I think that you can't. I just don't feel like I can trust what you can't trust what you read. You can't trust what you listen to. Like just even some of these videos that you're seeing on Ukraine now, like it's it's proven that some of them are from like 2014. Some of the videos that they're putting out there, see, there are people engineering like information to 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 sway people's mindsets. I think so. I just I just taking myself away from it. I just don't. Which is, which is not 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 great, is it really? I should know what's going on day to day, but it it means I'm I'm not I'm not too that bothered. Obviously, you know the big things that are happening. I knew that Ukraine Russia was happening. You just kind of if it's on LinkedIn, speaking to people, people you you'll talk about it. And if you want to immerse yourself in it, then you can. But for me, like this last five days, just before even before when they were like, amassing all the the troops at the borders. I, I said to my to my wife, like, it's something a bit different about this, I think, and then that's why I've just gone. I've gone deep on the different, you know, different news channels. Just sitting there feeding the baby, watching news all day.
0: Yeah, I uh, yeah I, <coughs> I, pretty much binned BBC off. Well, any of the big news cha- outlets, BBC, Sky with the meme Like so, before that, I would check in definitely the BBC a few times a day, looking to see what was going on. <laughs> And then it was the pandemic, when the pandemic started, for the same reasons as... This. For anyone in your, uh, a little bit of background noise, Ben's got his very, li- very lively dog not. in. And she's enjoying eating, uh, whatever she's eating. She, oh, it's fine, mate, she's like, right. none of this, will, hardly any of this will be coming through the... Uh, yeah, give, give that, her her you that's you good, she's, in, She's, yeah, a, she's a, we, I promised that she wouldn't be that, that lively
1: and she's... <laughs> Just decided
0: now. <laughs> Hardly any of this will be coming through the mic. So oh I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good. Oh she's over here now. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah. Um uh, yeah, so I started being at the beginning of the pandemic, and the reason being sort of what you alluded to. Not because I don't think it isn't possible to get the truth or accurate reporting or accurate stories online. I think that there is so many that aren't, like you were saying, this misinformation. I don't, Again, not a conspiracy theorist. I don't think it's, it's like a concerted effort on the whole to uh, provide misinformation to whatever. Oh, spray everyone's opinion to X, Y, Z. I do think that goes on, but I think that the reason there's so much misinformation is simply because this there's, there's so much reward people can get from doing it in various different ways, you know, from a, an individual going, oh, I think I'll post this bullshit tweet or this bullshit photo, which I know is bullshit, but if I put it on, I know it's going to get a lot of attention all they're after is attention to other things like trying to sway the stock markets to trying to change opinion on a, on a, a public individual to trying to push a, ma- a, you know, a um a, a mandate or trying to push your views on veganism or anything yeah. like this so yeah and I ended up reducing it because I just found it extremely stressful yeah it was like almost like my brain would go into a into a you know when your computer just freezes not freezes, you can just see it's like caught in a cycle. It's going around the same thing. The the, the window's popping up, the popping yeah. back popping. You can see it's trying to do something, it's just stuck in this cycle of going, it doesn't know what to do. It's like it got a load of conflicting information. Shit, I don't know what to do here. That's what I was like. Yeah. I, just, I was like, I don't know what to think. This is, I don't know what to think about this, and it's so stressful. So yeah. I have like, been it. <laughs> yeah, and is your life better?
1: Has your life been better? Two years? Yeah. Yeah. My life, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. Like having Facebook, like getting... You can easily get, like, even with Facebook on your phone or whatever social media you use, you get sucked into it, can't you? You get sucked into spending most of your time... They do it on time. right? There are times, yeah. Yeah. See, the
0: challenge I've got, right, and a challenge a lot of people have got, um, I think, is... Well, for myself, I, I need to be... Uh, I Well, one, I need to have some sort of a handle on what's going on because I have to have conversations like yeah, this, right? Yeah. Um, can you imagine what conversations would be like if I I had no clue what was going on? It'd be uh, like... Rugby, <laughs> let's, let's do, rugby yeah. Yeah, talking about the same thing we talk about in <laughs> every single podcast. Yeah, rugby, Formula One, uh, <laughs> uh, mental health every time. But, yeah, so I need a handle like that. And plus, I need to use social media to... Um, put each episode out for example yeah. but at the same time right now I'm thinking do I this is a question I had the last three weeks especially on the social media piece like do I podcast is a really interesting one I think in terms of marketing because it doesn't it doesn't really let's say you organic we use the social media organically so you're not paying for advertising or whatever Podcasting doesn't Podcasts don't grow in terms of audience um based on your social media stuff yeah. it's pedagogically I don't know how it works but I like
1: depends on like your target audience doesn't it as well like where bad, where yeah. does your target audience live like where do they spend the time because not everyone's cutting off social are they
0: yeah that's true I suppose that's different for me as well because I don't have a target audience I just, just like right on my opinion it's like if people are interested they going to listen if they're not they like, can fuck off I'm not yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah
1: no I mean I understand that but then like if you break it down that you probably do have a target audience in a way like at uh, you you naturally i think veterans service serving members of the forces are going to naturally be drawn to this right because there is a whole services theme but you're right like it's a lot of this is word of mouth but i think i'm thinking about this redeployable now it's like wh- where do we where where do the the people that we want to work with live and the reality is you've got to start i mean i'm going off tangent here but you got to start um start breaking them down into different segments based on the types of people that they are, and then breaking out where those people live and being really targeted like that. I think that's a more like a sales and marketing tactic in the software world. Go um, on,
0: explain that more. It's just,
1: I mean, I I do it. I mean, the the way I, the way I've done it is I've broken down service levers into different groups and different categories. And so I, you've
0: got the best ones like PowerEdge in one group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> everyone just, else who's like substandard. Yeah, they're the other group.
1: PowerEdge number one, then re, <laughs> then Reams, <laughs> then Signals. <laughs> No, I, no, I, not even a a core level or like a uh, rank level, more of like, uh, I call I call things names. Like uh, one of them, okay, one of them is like second career timer. So what a second career timer, what's a second career timer to you? What would that mean to you?
0: Second career timer. So they've got enough time left to go and have a full second career after they leave, or they want. Yeah, they, they, they want.
1: More importantly, they want. They've done the time. They're a timer. They've done the twenty-two, twenty-four, whatever. It could be longer. And then next thing is they don't want to coaster. They don't. They're not a coaster. They're not a status quo seeker. They're not a. And we, these are all the different ones. I just call things names. I always have because then you remember it, and then it starts to grin in you. But yeah, second year timer. Like they're they're going out there. They they've done the twenty-two, twenty-four, but they're hungry. They want to go and. The committing to another career because they see the military career is just the the start of the professional career.
0: Everyone should think that way. Yeah. Everyone should think that Everyone way. Everyone doesn't they know. Don't know. No, Stay, I didn't.
1: What's it? What do I call it? Is oh, f- I should remember the first one. The first one is uh, uh, easy out. E- um, easy outers. I think it's an easy outer. Yeah, it is easy outers. Easy outer. they've done the time. They don't wanna. They don't wanna do. They, they're chilled. They're sitting on the pension and they're happy and that, they've done twenty, twenty-two, twenty-four, thirty 24, 30 years whatever they've done they deserve to do what they want but like do they want to commit to a commercial career after the military or do they want to go and do something for 25 30 grand a year where they can just chill out you know smoke smoke cigarettes chill have a, have a good gucci 20 years in civvy street like there's there's loads of true. different mindsets yeah, there's nothing
0: wrong with that either is there? no it's true yeah yeah, Go on, what else? This is interesting. Oh, what else? Um, How are you at- discriminating?
1: Yeah, discriminating. <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I just think, I just think like each to one whoever if someone wants to co- coast through the, the professional life and then pro- the professional career isn't that important to them, then it's a fair play to them. They do. I'm not. I think everyone's got the right to their own kind of opinion. I, I, you've got early outers, so young, young folk, one to six years, they've been in, they got out early. You've got pro 30s. 30s, uh so they're they're the people who could have done up to twelve years, and now they're getting into the thirties. Like, right, I'm going for it. This is my time to really. Nail. That's. I'd say that I'm. More, I was more that I did just shy of twelve years, and I was like, right, I've I've fucked around in my twenties, and I've, I had a good career in the army. But now's the time to kind of knuckle down and you know make a professional career out of it, doing something that I I wouldn't say I loved the I wouldn't say I loved the army. I said I love the Army for some reasons, but it wasn't like my calling, if you know what I mean. I wasn't, what I did in the Army wasn't, it didn't define me. It was like a stepping stone for me to come into civilian life, I think. So, Pro 30s, then you've got Coasters, we've said. Um, Civvy savvies. Civvy Savvy. Go on. Civvy Savvies. Um, they've done. They've done. Like I don't. I. I don't just work. Um, me and my sister. And I don't just work with like people who're leaving the, the services. We work with people who've been out of the services, army, and had a career or two careers in, in civvy street, and then they want to make a move, and that's that's fine as well. They're figuring out civvy street like everyone else. So they're civvy savvies. And then the last one is your sales generals, people who who have left the army. Who are now in sales, so they've got some experience in, in a commercial like in the commercial world. So they're they're I've broken in the different kind of there's more. You could go there, couldn't you? But
0: yeah. yeah. Sales is a tough one. Yeah. I think I had a brief foray into it, right? Yeah. Not a great time in my life, we should help. But one of the things I found which makes me really admire people in sales is that is Many, many times it's commission based. Yeah. Right. Obviously you may have a like a baseline and you know more about this than I do, like a baseline salary, or it might just be purely commission based. But from the stuff I worked in, the the rejection rate, so you could mm-hmm. you could make how I don't know, however many pitches a flipping day or a week or whatever, depending on what kind of stuff you were selling and what kind of client it was, a potential customer it was. The rate of rejection is really high. Mm-hmm. Why I experienced, and it was not just because I was shed. I was alright at it, but in where I was working, yeah, um, the rejection which broke me, mm. broke me. It's like, what do you mean? you Don't want to fucking buy it? <laughs> yeah, you're you know, more invested than you that. You like the thirtieth person. <laughs> yeah. say, what do you mean? You don't want to fucking buy it? It would ground me down. It ground me. Yeah, down. I understood why, why it would happen, but still, because it's like every single thing you, you you're riding on, you mega confident, bag of confidence. Yeah. Doing your pitch you know it's going to work for them and they uh, just turn around and say no for yeah. for whatever reason for whatever reason it just used, used to break me <laughs> it used to break me it's there's a there, there i think there are
1: a ton of variables to it like in sales you say sales and like i hated the world word salesman i left i left the army to move into sales but not like you no, know, I go down to the local market and buy twenty stolen iPhones and try and flog them to my estate. It's like not <laughs> that kind of sales. It's more it's business to business sales. It's like selling to other businesses, selling a solution to other businesses. So it's all there's like variables. What you're saying there, you're pitching thirty times in a day. That's transactional, more transactional sales, if you will. What do you mean? Transactional is like lower lower value deals, more of them. So you got a target to hit you could have a million pound target to hit. And if you're transactional, if you're on the lower end, you've got to do, as the master say, loads and loads of small deals to get to your million pound tall. Whereas the higher you go up, you go up uh, through the stages, like mid small to medium businesses, mid market enterprise, the higher you go up naturally, generally the higher the, the deal value. Therefore you're doing less deals, more complex to get to your million pound. And that's the bit, I like the middle ground, I like the busy, a few more deals, but actually a level of complexity in what you're selling. So it gets, I don't know, the the rejection gets less because you are getting deeper and deeper into the business, business departments, the business problems. You're starting to understand exactly what the drivers are to, to even buy whatever you're selling, the solution that you're selling. So it's it really depends. I don't know what you're selling, so what are we selling?
0: um f- virtual tours
1: virtual tours virtual tours so transact tran- so i assume tra- transactional and products is a big thing as well right products a big thing so if you there are loads of solution enterprise sales people that are selling dog shit solutions highly competitive
0: it, it, yeah it was you know but it was business to business he'd be hitting high heels, high high street stores mm-hmm. Um, all day every day yeah. and you'd be going into somewhere where um, they may have had one or two people in trying to sell exactly the same thing that yeah. day or the day yeah. before or two days before and plus these businesses uh, high street stuff they have people walk in trying to sell them shit all yeah. the in time even if it works some of them just have this have this you know you know, they've got this stigma against anyone who walks yeah. in trying to sell themselves. You're stuff. a salesperson. Plus, in order to make those sales, you need to be walking in and you need to be speaking to the person who run owns the business, the the authority behind the money. Yeah. And half the time you're not. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's just volume. You, had to yeah. hit, you just had to hit 40, 50, you had to do in the region of 40, 50 pitches a day Yeah. to hit your target. Hardcore, and hardcore hard, sales. Yeah, and your target would be one or two sales a day. Yeah you think that rejection rate <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: okay. yeah i see I, I, I don't i i went through that it, not to that extent but i went through that when i first left i wanted to get into technology sales the background is my brother was is royal artillery he's a, he's a he was a sapper he left as a sapper definitely wasn't a sapper a gunner um my sister's a sapper he left as a gunner no gcse's six years he did I think he had like an uninspiring military career, but he got out and he's now VP sales, vice president of sales for um, a big British technology unicorn. And he, I saw what he was doing and I saw, and I knew about the space. I knew about solution selling commercial B2B business to business. So why, that's why I levitated towards that. But that, what you're saying there, that's like, that's like cutting your teeth, like, Re- learning that's like hardcore sales i don't know if i could do that for a long period of time because that level of rejection must be hard
0: yeah it was it was our um, yeah like i said shit time in life i had very, uh, very little, <coughs> little options um but i tell you what i did i mean you talk about can't you see can't see. tell you what i probably the only thing i found useful about it was um you should going into somewhere and you having to on the spot try and decide what kind of person is you're about to pitch to yeah yeah and then how how to adjust that pitch how to then on the on you know on the fly through the conversation weave it to where you want it to weave it because yeah. sometimes it's not off straight negative yeah. you know and it's just getting it to getting it to where you want it to go if you can it's, it's manipulation yeah it's, yeah it's psychology it's, it's like the, the
1: whole yeah. of like yeah. sales is that yeah yeah I completely agree <clears throat> and that's like think think about it from the military perspective I talk, I talk to, like, the whole point of redeployable is to help ex-services people, serving service people move into commercial roles. That's the whole game. So th- I talk to people about this all the time, but you think about it from a military perspective. What do you do when you walk into a room with, if you're a, you're a full screw and you walk into a room full of full screws, you act, like, a bit more relaxed, whereas you walk into a room with a staff here, you're a bit different. You walk into a room with a colonel, you're a bit different, and you, like, mirror, you, you re- adapt to the situation quickly, and and that's the same. It's the same in sales. You you adapt to situations based on the people that you're selling to. And sometimes you you've got a curveball and someone comes into the call that is the owner of the business of a hundred million pound business, and you've got to adapt to that situation. And I think military people are quite well set up to to deal with it. I think that you adapt to situations quickly, and it's one of them key attributes that I talk to software companies about all the time. Who I'm fundamentally selling military people to is. Is like the the transferable skills are there for what we do. Like resilience, you said about resilience. 40 pitches a day, and you you maybe got two sales. Like you've got to have a a pretty high level of resilience to be able to deal with them 38 rejections because it's just hardcore, hardcore all day. Same enthusiasm on your 39th pitch as you did on your first pitch, or else you're not going to sell. And that's the I think that's the whole whole thing about it. I I love it. I'm I'm enjoying. I'm sold on sales.
0: I'd enjoy it if it didn't have the pressure, so at the time yeah. I, when i when I was doing it, the organization I was doing it for most of those people yeah you know, th- that's not a job for a thirty something year old no. person who need, who's got a certain income they need to hit loads of pressure you know to just to be able to pay the bills that's something someone that is maybe at home for six weeks in yeah. the summer living with the parents 100%, Do you know yeah. what I mean, and most of the people that's who most of the people were there they were young. Doing it and, case, and the act is under pressure, are really good. One of the, do you know one of the interesting things I, I learned about it too is, um, is it, it, it's really it was really not, because of the frequency of going and meeting different people and you're really being conscious of the way you act when you walk in. Was the inbuilt, I don't want to say discrimination, but the inbuilt variances in how you we do things depending on who we're looking at. Yeah. So on a baseline level, if I walked into a business and it was a woman. There, yeah. as in, when I say woman, as in, that's the first people, person I know I'm going to speak to, because it may not be the fucking boss. But that's, uh, was that my phone? Then? I'm sorry. Um, compared to if it was a business with a if it was a business it was a man I could see the first we can speak to. Subconsciously I was I was already changing the way I was doing yep. things and how fr- and that's from the way I walk in to the tone of voice I'm using yeah. to the posture I adopt when I'm speaking to them at the counter or at the desk or whatever it is. Or and that's without me that's without any of the sales training bit, yep. it's just what you do. And I noticed that as well when I was doing a lot of bar work. Yeah. So sometimes you end up you know, people end up talking to you, or you end up in a conversation for the bar with someone. And the way I would engage again, I'm using the male female thing. Just as it's, the, it's the most basic difference in people that you can you know you can see you're gonna maybe communicate in different ways. You know I would communicate with a man completely different way to communicate to a woman because that's kind of sales as well, right? But you know you want to be a knob. Yeah. You know you want to encourage people to like you in a way to want to spend more money to buy another pint do you know what I mean yeah, all li- yeah. it's, the same, it's the same thing very weird we all have these inbuilt yeah. discrimination things about us yeah. positive or negative discriminations it's natural isn't it yeah it's and na- I think, think people think idealistically think yeah we shouldn't have that we need to get away from that yeah. well good good luck Good luck getting rid of that, of that evolutionary trait that's kept us alive for thousands of viewers. <laughs> it's the mo- it's,
1: it's the most important, like, first 10 minutes of a sales call, uh, of a sales call, I think, is the first 10 minutes of, of a call with a customer. It's like, people look for points of how we relate to each other, so you walk into a room and you're like, whatever you tell me initially, it's like, a, a good example is, I, I I did a pitch to, like, 150 service levers not long ago, and the first slide, I I was, I would, with a, a lot of other businesses. But my first slide was like me, me and my wife, my kid, my dog, my camper van, working out the camper van. Because my theory is like out of that 150 people on that call, 80, 90% of them are going to relate, relate to something on that slide. <laughs> it's the reality though, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like you always look and people message me after it saying, oh, thanks for the pitch, love the camper van. Right, sweet. So you, I've got a camper van. And that's like people are just... People, you look for things that you can relate to in your life. Other people, whether it's the, you like exercising, you like rugby, you like football, you're interested in Stalin. Do you know what I mean? Just, <laughs> do you, do you, you, you know what I'm coming from. You just you, you just do naturally, I think. And that's the whole... Sales is a psychological thing as well. Everyone buys emotionally, I think, in a way. people, pe- I hate the word people buy from people, but it helps if you're not a dick when you're selling to someone because people will naturally levitate to you and listen to you at, at least and at least hear what you've got to say um, so yeah i get I, you're correct like i think you will naturally speak in different ways to different people and you'll just have to quickly come up with it right when you when you're walking into a store it must have been tough to be like okay this person's a shop assistant she's female she's 45 and now you're probably going to speak to her in a different way than if she was twenty-five, shop assistant female, or if it was a bloke. Or it's yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting. I find it interesting, from, like from mm. the psychology perspective.
0: Is that why you? Is that why sales interesting That is that the main reason? Because the psychological perspective, or is it? Because there,
1: there, there are all sorts that yeah, it's it's like there's like a science to it. I think it's not just about it's not just about the you need to understand the customer for there's what as the bit one of the big things. Understand the customers day to day because. The problem that your solution solves for the customer, they may have, they could have 10, 15, 20 problems in the business. Now, what? Are the, why are they deciding on which is the highest priority in the in the business? They manage things from risk, revenue, cost, like all these things come into play. So you've like you're navigating the whole business in a way, understanding it from the customer's perspective, and then you're trying to figure out whether your solution can solve some of the challenges that they're calling out. What? Who the decision makers are what they care about, what the people that you're speaking to care about. So there's just, it's just, it's a, it's a challenge to navigate. But when you, you're like, you're back to what you originally, where we started this conversation. If you lose, you lose a deal after all that work, it's hard. Because you might, you might only be working on five, ten different deals and you you spent a lot of time on one, you lose it. But it's having the resilience then to pick yourself back up because you will win, naturally win if you're doing the right job. And you're understanding the business properly you'll win you'll win some of these deals, and then when you win some of the deals in the technology space, that generally means that a good upside you earn you earn a, a good chunk of money doing it so
0: you work in software sales right yeah
1: i'm yeah I'm head of sales for a software company and
0: redeployable is predominantly around software sales
1: redeployable um redeployable came about because of redeployable is about getting Service people into technology sales
0: tech sales. Yes, okay with your sales experience and understanding and knowledge at the moment. Yeah, how much is uh, How much attention is being paid to? Blockchain tech and how that might change the face of the software market
1: Blockchain tech. What do you mean by that?
0: blockchain technology so decentralized decentralized applications based on the blockchain
1: I've got no don't idea. Know. Okay, let's no, step off no, no, that. I've got cost? no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I could try and spin you some bullshit. I, I, I def, I'm definitely. Spin not. Give me some bullshit. I'm give me a sales no. pitch. Go on, I'm do not, it. I'm not going to sell at me. Not. Sell not, me. I, I sell with integrity. <laughs> <laughs> I sell with integrity. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know the. I okay. don't know the answer. If I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. What should <was> <laughs> go on to?
0: That's that fucking.
1: I mean, I I don't want yeah, I, I don't know enough about the subject to to Assignment. go deep.
0: So Assignment. I'll try not to. Um, yeah, so I right redeployable isn't just software; then, it's tech in general.
1: Software is what I know, like in terms of uh, the different industries that I've been working in, selling specific software. But let, let's not forget, like with technolo- technology sales, you don't need to be a tech software expert. I don't know how to write. I don't know how to code i don't know how to write integrations i'm not i'm not i've got people who support me in that area we've got tech teams i generally just need to understand the customer generally just need to understand the pain points of the customer and i generally just need to understand what our solution can do for them if that makes sense
0: yeah it does make sense one of the i think it's one of the misconceptions that a lot of people have um a lot of people a lot of service leaders have because it's due to their misunderstanding or, or lack of experience within Specific world, which yeah. most have, not all. So we were talking about in my sat earlier, yeah, Satcoms company. <coughs> if you'd said to me fifteen years ago, even ten years ago, yeah, yeah you're gonna be working as a project manager in uh in my sat. What's in my sat? Satellite communications. I'd be like, mate, <laughs> hey, I ain't got a clue about satcoms. <laughs> I was no, I wasn't even like a radio app, you yeah, know, like radio or anything that, no clue. But what I know now is you don't need to have that baseline. Knowledge of yeah. satcoms in this example to go and work in a satcoms company. You know, it's uh, you just need to, like you were saying there. So in this, I work now in funny enough software development. It's yeah. my job, um, project managing software development.
1: So are you angling the blockchain technology question of me? No, the, oh, there's nothing it, to do with it. No, 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 no. I'm no, just no.
0: interested in the moment. Um, uh, So my, you know, the even though it's software development which i have a real i have a real basic um amateur amateur experience with coding and stuff like that um for over the years but i don't have it at level <laughs> these flipping yeah. lunatics at work are doing it right um but i don't need to have it at first you sort of learn it along the way my role as a project manager i'm just i am just Ushering the work forward, coordinate what needs to be done, and make sure it's all done properly, right? And you pick up bits and pieces along the way, and it, it must be the same. Well, it will be the same. within in you know, software, like you're saying, to go and sell the product, you don't need to know the the nitty gritty details of how the product works, each line of code involved in that bit of software, every single thing it can be integrated into. Like you're saying, you just need to know, arguably, the high level the high level points. Now it can solve for the for the customer, which is which is important because it means that things like satcoms things like all these industries you think i never can go into that it's not you can go into you can go into anything you want to go into it's just understanding that a satcoms company for example isn't made up entirely of engineers yeah you know of data geeks it's it's, it's. I mean, it's like the, it's like uh, it's like a battle group analogy. So um, I've never thought of this analogy before, but it's it's like so a battle. You know, a battle group goes on the ground. The battle, the 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 majority of that battle group is this are the support elements to enable the fighting element to go and fight. Three para battle group was, you know, when I went out where I went out was be six or seven hundred of, three para, as in the fighting troops, and then. The rest of the two thousand or however big that battle group was, they were all support arms. They were there to enable it. That's the same as any company works. Yep. You know what I mean? It's uh See, that's
1: a good it's a good analogy. Thank you. I'm going to remember it's a that. great it's <laughs> a great analogy. It's it's I'm definitely not the smartest person in in a software company by any means. Like there are everything about software is about initially market you've got a marketing team. So they're the ones who are pushing out what uh, information about the 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 product. It, they understand the customer, they understand the messaging, they know what we were talking about social earlier on, weren't we? So, to, to understand where to market the product because <laughs> who's your target audience? So they do all of that kind of market mapping. Then you get your leads in, which are your potential opportunities. Then you've got salespeople, like entry level salespeople usually, who would be then going across those leads and understanding, well, what do they want? What do they need? And they'll have a checklist of, is this a good opportunity? They'll then pass it on to someone who works the deal, understands the intricacies, understands the departments, understands the drivers. They sell it. And then that's just the start for a software company. That's that's securing a customer. The whole point of a software company is realizing lifetime value of a customer. So keeping that customer happy for uh, (laughs) a five years whatever the, the 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 term is so then you've got a customer success team who manage uh, really just like account managers if you will they're just like always making sure the customers happy trying to sell them more if they can sell them more Um but then even sit behind that you've got operations business operations you've got all of the developers all the clever smart coding people you've got chief technical officers you've got all sorts of people that are. The sales of the infantry, right? I think if you, if in that analogy, like you, you, you're going out there selling it, and everyone else is supporting you to sell it. So yeah, it's yeah. a good, it's a good analogy. I like
0: it. Yeah. What um, what's the, what's the most challenging aspect of sales? Do you think? Um,
1: you always. You need to. You need to be always on, isn't it? You, no matter if you, if you, if you do have a good month, you could do two hundred percent of your target. It's. I generally think it's just forgotten about the month after. You need to go and do it again, and do it again, and do it again, and do it again. And that is a demanding job, but that's why you get paid. You get paid good money for it because it's demanding. So you're always on. So it's a hard job to switch off. That's been one of my biggest challenges. Hence the reading about stoicism and <laughs> trying to manage my time better. It's <laughs> true. I've got, I've got quite a. I'd say I'm quite a hyperactive personality in general. So to to turn myself off from it is tough i find it turning work off tough you're quite a what hard pra- hi, hi, hyperactive hyper hi- hyper yeah, yeah i'm quite well, hyperactive yeah hyperactive oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah so i find it difficult to just to, to stop sometimes so, yeah i think so most people doing this mm. day and
0: age don't they? I think, well maybe or maybe not yeah again it goes back to that bombardment of information Homeworking. yeah in my experience with sales people um over the over time Enterprise level and down to grassroots is that hyperactivity. They always seem mm. manic, or or some of them do. It's a good, it's a good point. Thinking about it now, actually, now I come across a mix. You get someone who like this mega chilled, like, and then you get others who are manic, yeah, constantly, and everything needs to be done at the drop of a hat. Everything yeah. is meat
1: I need it now. I yeah. need it now. I'm not that, but I my personality is hyperactive. I'm busy. I'm just. I think I'm busy all the time. You you, do, you don't need to be hyperactive. You don't even need to be extrovert to be a salesperson. You just need to be, I think. I don't know. I I think that I think that is for me personally. That's the hardest bit switching off. But that's just because of my mindset about I want to be really successful. That's my my aim is to be really successful. So I'm always thinking about what do I need to do? What do I need to? What are, what are everyone? What's everyone else doing right now? Well. Ev- what's our competition doing Our competition are probably working, so I probably should carry on working that's my mindset whereas some people you even my brother his brother's way more experienced in sales than me he's chilled he's not he not know, he knows the game he's he's more relaxed than I am but he, but a good but a good technology salesman as well so have
0: yeah. you got many year old colleagues from the, from the mill into the business, into sales
1: um so yeah we yeah, but I mean, this is the whole point of redeployable. So I've I, i, um, I I've seen the upside over the last four years I got out in 2017. I knew about technology sales because of my brother, but n- none of my friends know about it, and they're all smart people. I'm not special. I know I'm not special for coming out of the military, and I've done really, really well, earned more money than I could have ever imagined doing it in four years. And I helped a friend who's an ex-avionics tech get a shitty role to be honest but he wanted it he was in Dubai he loves going he loves Dubai so he wanted I coached him through it and I've never been able to help people in that way by coaching them through it and he got this job and he was chuffed and I I, and the more and more of my friends are coming to ask me about how do I get into this how do I get into this because I think the status quo is going into an operational role or going into project management or going into health and safety which is fine but there are other things out there for people and the more and more friends came to me, the more I didn't really have like a structured way of helping them transition into the commercial world. So that's the reason why That's the reason why I founded it, found it
0: Redeployable. Really are there any... Uh, have you ever, have you come across any units yet? And you think, oh my God, most of the people who come from this unit are just not suited to this kind of thing. Come on.
1: No, no not, not specific, <laughs> not specific. <laughs> I mean targeted because we know we all know that the re the reams the ream is the best call. so I mean naturally go after the reams but no no not really I mean you can't the, I'm obviously t- you're a deep warrior, you deep water yeah come on give me a break you
0: mate what's uh, redeployable right starting your own business not easy not easy at all tons of pressure we're talking about we're talking about. Pressure on being a salesperson, yeah. but a pressure on starting a business from scratch and needing that to be successful for one your own livelihood, yeah. two, your sanity three, because it is arguably well, you see it as a reflection. Some some people do see it as a reflection on your own ability and and uh, and and reputation and everything. So it's all that extra pressure you put yourself to succeed when the reality is most startups don't succeed yeah. don't succeed how have you found that how have you found the process of setting up redeployable and as is it going better than you expected or is it where it needs to be
1: yeah i don't think you can plan for anything i think there's not there's, there isn't really like a playbook i've found something i've been thinking about like do you do you kind of like build the business in public in a way like on i thought that it might be a good way to help people is like Talk about the decisions I make. I've I've been writing all the decisions I make out, and then maybe post about that on LinkedIn or something like that to help people who have been in the military. But I think there might be organisations to help. But you can't plan like where I, what I originally thought versus where I'm at now is just is just different. You're making decisions that you've never made before. It's uncomfortable, but I I, can, I don't know. I, I, it's your own. Do you know Do you know what I mean? It's you. You. it's your it's your business, you making the decisions. You live by the sword. Or you die by the sword and i i like that aspect of it i like the i like the risk of it i think if you've got a good enough business plan and there's a problem and there's a need in the market i think would i regret not doing it and the answer was always yeah i would regret not doing it if i didn't do it now so that's why that's why i did it
0: what is the need in the market you're addressing
1: um so caught cor- i mean this is a thing before covid uh, the 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 demand for good technology salespeople outweighs supply. It's the reality. So you've got all of these big businesses like your Amazons and you'll know about this military recruitment side. Your Amazons, your Microsofts, they're all Armed Forces Covenant members. They've all got military recruitment teams. And you've got this whole wave of like, there there are 10 businesses, not even that, five businesses of Amazons or just smaller than Amazon size, big corporations. You're going after the military. And then you've got all of this tail end of smaller businesses, still big businesses, who aren't tapping into the the military market, like the 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 people that are getting out. And my argument is, we're always looking for good salespeople. It's they're, they're a commodity, and there are so many good ex mil people get, getting out or have, are out who'd be who'd kill it. They'd kill it in sales world. They just need a bit of training. That's all they. Why need. Why do you
0: think that? Why 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 do you think this?
1: Because I mean, even if I just look at my. I said to you earlier on that I, I don't think I, the army was a calling for me. The one thing that was a calling for me in the army was the people that I met, like my mates, my my network. The, the t- top people, awesome people, personable, in loads of integrity, like a big thing in sales. You've got to have integrity. You don't oversell. You don't promise things you can't kind of deliver on. So all the, they've just got this. A lot of the army people that I know have got this resilience in them. They've got this integrity. They've got this, like, work ethic that not i'm not stereotyping civvies because civvies there's some great civvies as well I met some awesome civvies out but just generally a lot of the people that i meet are that that and and that's what you need in sales tech sales you need that you need that work ethic you need that resilience you need that hunger you need to be adaptable to situations and for me like you'd learn that even in, if you only do 5 years 6 years in the army you you learn that in doing your time, and it's just about for me. It's just about helping them to get to a point where if I then find them roles in technology sales that they've they've got that base level, reskill them to that base level where they're trained to a point where they can talk, speak the language, and then w- working with some of these software companies who are going to support them because you have got to give them ramp time. You've got to train them as well. You've got to give them a chance because they're coachable. They're adaptable. You just need to give them a bit of time, and they'll be killing it in no time. And that's, I guess, that's the. I don't know where where you what your original question was. You, I've lost the <laughs> question. It's gone all passionate. Why, uh, is that coffee. Is that coffee.
0: <laughs> <laughs> why I, I, the question was uh, why you think um, uh, a lot of XML millennials are so suited to sales, but you, you answered it. You know? Yeah, you're right. Uh, adaptability, flexibility, thinking on the fly. A lot of, I don't, <clears throat> Would I be right in saying that? Uh, cause I'm, I don't profess to be experienced in sales in what, any way, shape, or form. He, there's a lot of onus on on the individual, the salesperson, to uh, to take on responsibility to make some key decisions for themselves in time pressured situations, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly that. So, you, so you're, you're pretty autonomous. I work from home since I left left the army. I travel, which is good. It suits me. Yeah, like I like to. S- to travel, to go, you know, meet customers. I've been abroad, but predominantly I've got an office in my garden. I've worked out my office in the garden for, for the last three years. You manage your own time. You manage your own diary. The The key factor is your target. You've got a target set. Sometimes the target's unrealistic, but it's my, my job with redeployable to make sure that I'm placing people in, in roles that the targets are realistic. That's your target. So they're not going to say you need to work nine hours a day. They're not going to say you need to work 15 hours. You can work three hours if you can hit your target. That, that's the game. That's what that I love. But then if you think about back to army, like you, you go on to exercise. My, my sister's a good example. She's in Poland at the minute. She got told end of November that she's going to Poland for this whole, everything that's going on. So she just got told, beginning of December, you're missing Christmas, you're going to Poland. And Now she's, they don't know how long they're going to be there. That extra work that she's got to do, that decision there, there's not really any upside you're gonna she's gonna promote and the people out there they're gonna promote generally the same pace they're gonna get the reports they might do a good job out there which is gonna maybe help them promote but the game in sales is if you're not capped at 100% you you can do you can sell more and earn more and the more you sell the more you earn because it's commission-based as well as having like this base salary so like I always went into it with that mindset. I'm like, how, how do forget my hundred percent target? Like, what's what can I earn? What's two hundred percent? What's two hundred fifty percent? How can I get to that? And that mindset has got me like hundred percent, nothing number. Like, do you know what I mean? You push through. If you set your targets high, you push through the the low end and get to the kind of the higher target. So that that's what a big big uh, thing for me. Mm. Just the effort you put in.
0: Right. Explain to me how redeployment works.
1: Yeah, so, um, so re- I mean, it's founded with my sister. She's still serving. Um, oh, she founded it? So or with your sister? So I, I sat on the idea with my sister. She didn't find it. I, I originally, I've been sitting on the idea for two years. I'm in technology sales. My brother's in technology sales. Um, and I wanted to get my, my sister's getting out of the army in 14 months. She, they don't know that yet. She's going to sign off in two months. Is this going <laughs> out? <laughs> oh shit! I just dropped in it. No, no, she she's um she's getting out in in forty months. I don't think she'll mind me saying that. We'll see. Um yeah, she's getting out in forty months, and she would be awesome in technology sales. She's she'd be amazing. She's she's more capable than both my brother and I. Like she's she's an operator. She's good. Um and she's like, well, ha- where should I go? What should I do? And I was like, let's just let's just pull the trigger on, on this. Let's go and do this. How do you know she's mega at sales? I I just know. L- Lucy is is annoyingly good at everything everything okay. everything she's ever done shout lucy yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> well she's not going we're going to kick off at work now aren't they after this <laughs> uh, no she's she's good she, I know I know for a fact that I'm I'm pretty confident in everything that she does because she just she's just dominates everything she's good so I I would have always helped to transition but then I just thought we're so, we're so alike in terms of like the way we think things that piss us off how we we're the most alike out of our old family, so I was like, "Well, why, why not just go and do this together?" And it's going to give her that springboard when she gets out. Whereas, like, we if we're in business together, I think it's going to be it'd be pretty cool. So, so yeah, I've lost you've lost my qu- you you asked me your original no, it's question. Right. It's gone.
0: That's right. Um, it was uh, how does redeployable work?
1: Yeah. So we so we uh, service leavers come to us, or we sometimes speak to service leavers. The whole thing of this is an education. Piece as well, like you said, you didn't know about comms and things like before you went to MSAT It's the same with a lot of these uh, these these service leavers. People who've been out, they don't really know what. Did you know what technology business to business sales was when you were leaving the army?
0: It would have said B to me B to B I mean I wouldn't have had a clue what B to B was.
1: Yeah, yeah. So business to business, like not it's an education thing first. So I'm actually just explaining to people that there are other options where you can get paid a, t- a lot of money if you do well. Um, And it's your autonomous, all the things that we've been talking about. So we find those, uh, we then train, train them. So we, I've got a scholarship program with a San Francisco based uh, sales training company. Um, I'm speaking with some big, big corporate businesses to to work with them to put training packages together. So we've just had a, the first guy, just uh, X air, Te- air tech works for I won't say because I'm going to drop a minute if I say it works for a civilian big uh, engineering company he's just been through the first sales development rep scholarship Um, he's now in he's now in three taking three interviews at the moment with software companies that I'm working with so he's been through the scholarship we put people through the scholarship I then being the sales guy I'm then working with a number of uh, software sales companies technology sales companies not specifically software but a lot of software companies my responsibility here is that I find the right companies for the the mill people getting out because I know there's some shitty companies out there and I'm I'm feel like I'm personally invested in making sure that these people are you know it's from the, the military network I, I want to make sure that they're they're in a position where they've got that baseline base knowledge training but then a good company we're going to support them to make sure that they're successful because you can put them into some bare pits uh, if if you were if you were responsible with it, so finding them good companies, and then after uh, we place them, we then we're then building like a post placement community, so all be online. So veterans who have moved into sales. So I've been speaking to loads of vets who have moved into this into the commercial world, um, and then building out a mentorship program. So away from the businesses that we place them in. So I place someone in a software business. They'd have a mentor who's outside of that business, who's an ex. He's a vet who's in sales, who they can use as a sounding board, one, meet once a month. Uh, if it's a coffee, it's virtually whatever it is, and just use those people as sounding boards so they kind of support them throughout the career. Um, so that's the that's the plan.
0: You mentioned just now about companies who, you know, there's, there's shit companies out there who won't, who won't look after, maybe not look after the people you want yeah. to put into them. Give me an example. How would they not?
1: What like, they're, they're, again, a number of, number of things. We talked about target earlier on. So it's setting unrealistic targets happens so you if you think like th- sales is split down into in two fa- there's two factors you've got your base salary you, that's your guarantee you, you, those, if it's 30k you'd be spread over 12 months and you'd be paid that every month it could be 80k it could be 120k whatever it is then you've got your commission which is you linked to your target so you you sell 100% and you will get paid 100% of your commission is the is the is the is the game both of those together is it's called your on target earnings. So your on target earnings is your base plus your commission to get you on target. They'll sell the on target earnings to people. So your OTE, they call it abbreviate OTE. They'll they'll sell that to you, but how realistic is the 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 target Ah oh, the...
0: so I see what you're saying. So if they're setting an unrealistic target and they say, Yeah, you're gonna your target is gonna be I don't know, I'm hypothesizing you. Yeah. Uh 100k sales in in uh, this quarter, yeah. But really, so so they can say the and let's say your baseline is I don't know. Make it easy, 12 grand a month. No, no, 12 grand a year. That's a grand a. Year. That's a grand a month, right? Yeah. So your uh, I'm talking shit. Yeah. But anyway, know you anyway, know you anyway, anyway, yeah. So your on target earnings are going to be are going to sound huge yeah. because they've doubled what you're what your target is actually going to, what your target actually should yeah. be, so they say, yeah, you're, instead of your your target being 100k sales in the quarter, yeah. realistically they know the max you're going to hit is 50k because the market may not be big, make you the money may not be the a terrible market. product, yeah yeah, or it could be a terrible product, You could yeah, yeah. have a
1: video software that doesn't video,
0: and they do that <laughs> so they can attract in. Numbers of salespeople to increase their likelihood of selling. Right,
1: they sell the OTE. The OTE is the dream, right? Yeah, the OTE on, on target earnings is the dream. That's where you want to get to. You want to get to 100 percent of your target, so you get your OTE. You you could be on 60k basic over a year, guaranteed, but they'll sell it at 120k OTE, 50 50. Generally, 60 40, 50 50 is what you're looking at. You should be looking at 50 50. I think. But it might not be achievable. So you're already set up for failure. So you're not going to hit 120,000. So what they're doing is they're attracting more experienced salespeople in 120,000 OTE, but the reality is they might be paid 70,000, which is still good, but if you, get d- if you get deeper into technology sales, you know that 70,000 for someone who's experienced at, at, at winning business, is not, that's not a big wedge.
0: How can you sniff that out then, where, where, where companies who are doing that
1: You've got to do your research, and this is how this is, are you, are you, we talk about this quite a lot with the, the people that we're working with is like, OK, so there, you've got to be a bit of a detective, so there's a whole, a whole number of things you can look at, so you can look at tenure of people on, on LinkedIn. How long are people in roles for? How long do people promoting? How long do people stay? How many open job roles have they got? Why have they got so many open job roles? Ask the question when you're interviewing. What percentage of your sales team are hitting the target right now? That's a good question. Because it not matter if it's 120K OTE or 200K OTE, if 32% of your sales team are hitting the number, that's not, it doesn't matter. Because, mm. do you know what I mean? So yeah. there's there are, there are sneaky ways and they might give you equity share. They might give you, like they'll, they'll layer in different things to try and attract more and more people because it's back to that point. What's the market need? The market needs, the market is demanding the supply of good technology people, but the supply isn't there. Therefore, they, everyone's doing everything they can to to attract good talent, and whether that's raising the OTE, 150, 200k.
0: So there's a massive demand at the minute for salespeople in the tech space. Oh yeah,
1: G- good salespeople in the tech space, definitely.
0: Why 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 is there a lack of supply?
1: Well, there's it's it's tough job. We talked about that. Like, it's not it's not the easiest job in the world, and I'll I'll never. Say to the people that we work with that it's an easy job. You've got to be committed to it, but again, potential upside is huge. But the it's just it's just it's just a it's just a hard end. There's two. I mean, what's COVID done for t- to technology in the last two and a half years? It's accelerated it by what? It, it's not just salespeople that are short in the whole digital space. You've got people like Salesforces of the world, Sages, your Microsofts. All of these big companies, SAP, Oracle, they're all training people for free. So you you look at um, Salesforce, awesome tool, Trailhead, it, it is a great tool. It's a free training, uh, free tra- train trailhead. trailhead, Trailhead, yeah. So Salesforce, I mean Salesforce, is huge. Like Trailhead, I think there's like 200 people in their training wing alone. Explain
0: what Salesforce is for people who don't
1: know. Sorry, so Salesforce is uh, is one of like the original software, <laughs> the dog's enjoying the the treat, is uh, one, one of the original kind of sales uh, software companies out there, big, huge software company, big corporation, but they have like uh, veteran schemes, military spouse schemes where as they will provide loads of different training courses to train people up, because what they want to do is they want to train military people up and even if they don't employ them, they're that big that they've got a community of people who use their software who need users and skilled people in that specific software so they'll train you and hope that you go out into the community to start kind of feeding back into their company so there's a gap i think there's a technology gap full stop right now
0: mm. loads of industries have been unexpectedly uh, have experienced unexpectedly a boom from the pandemic mm. got the air con you in a studio i got that getting that service so i fitted that see i didn't like right, completely off tangent yeah i didn't know you can you can't fit you're not allowed to fit aircon yourself. No you, you can fit aircon yourself. But I'm not allowed to buy an aircon unit from a company uh, sorry come back a company fucking i a bullshit stories this <laughs> right, I'll get there. So a company who sells aircon units like as in fitted aircon units like that one they are not allowed to sell to the direct to the consumer unless they are fitting it. So they have to fit it too. I bought it off the back of a lorry. I didn't know that. Well, I fitted it. Anyway, long story short, uh, tried to get the aircon guy in for ages to, to service it because me and a guy called Tony Shannon, who's ex remi captain, came in to fit. I mean, I'll tell you, the comedy comedy, <laughs> comedy fitness thing, right? Uh, got them in eventually to do the aircon service and we were chatting. And he was like, I was like, oh, business. He said, Man, I've, just, I've got too much. I've got too much. I can't handle it. So, why? He said, because it's gone, aircon has gone through the fucking roof from the pandemic and it's domestic aircon. Yeah, People who are now working from home, they're home all the time and the kids are at home and all that, they are just fitting aircon to the houses like it's gone out of fashion. But also, they don't know what they're doing. So, he'd he just come from a place, finished off a house. This house was like a five bed townhouse and the family had fitted an aircon unit to every single room, every room. Mental, mental. So that's five aircon units which need servicing twice a year, right? Just one is like 80 quid or 100 quid to get service. they got five now, plus the power draw, plus that is probably not being used properly. You know, the kids are going out of the bedroom and having the aircon on 24 <laughs> 7. You know what I mean? Because the aircon, it doesn't just heat, it uh, just cool it heats. So yeah, but anyway, example aircon through the fucking roof because yeah. of the pandemic. Tech through the roof because of the pandemic. Satcoms, certain elements of satcoms, well, granted, aviation went through the floor, so, uh, because yeah. there was no planes flying, so people weren't using the Wi-Fi but, you know on the planes and other other stuff that satcoms used for on planes. But like enterprise ground, gr- like land-based comms, went through the roof, because you couldn't, for example easily send an employee to go and check a piece of equipment and re- get the data read in if it was an area of the lockdown. So all of a sudden they had to get away of reading these pieces of equipment remotely where there's no telephone signal, for example, telephone signal, phone signal, for example, mobile signal, satcoms, other places, yeah, sales. Anyway, I went off a right tangent there. That's yeah, my aircon yeah. story. You've, uh, you're, uh, I like uh, to get the aircon story. It's impressive. Right? It's, it's impressive, exciting. It's impressive I like write it down. It. I write it down. Yeah. yeah,
1: it is impressive that you fit. I got someone to fit my aircon. <laughs> So you're much better than I am.
0: I know, but I fitted it right. So we, I fitted it in, wired it all up, right? <clears throat> all elect like, I like to learn how to do stuff myself yeah. like, as much as I can, even when it comes to mains electricity, which isn't the wisest. I was yeah. at myself twice, <laughs> not on the aircon. We put it in, and I realised that um, you needed a specialist piece of equipment to create a vacuum in the system. The first time you started up, I got on the phone to Tony Shan and I went, "Tony, because." Uh, you know, we, me, switched on. He'll have all the tools. He'll know everything. So Tony, he goes, yeah, I, I've got, yeah, I've got something. I'll come down. I've uh, got something I can create a vacuum. Come down. So he comes down. We get the kit out, and what he's brought is, see you no... Know, <laughs> You know, the machines that you plug into the car to blow up, for example, a paddleboard yeah. Yeah, 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 bed. yeah, yeah He brought one of these, right? <laughs> uh, but it's alright, because it, you can reverse the flow Yeah, yeah <laughs> Well, on the aircon, it's like proper brass fittings. You've got a you had to increase you had to create a vacuum up to a certain a certain PSI but we had no way of reading it. And we ended up the and the nozzle didn't fit anyway because it's for fucking airbags. <laughs> so we just stick it on. We wrapped black and nasty around it. So we switched on the aircon, create what created what we thought was a vacuum. Um like, yeah, that'll do, do. It work? like two minutes, that'll do. No we took it off. It worked for about twelve hours and then just fucking piled in, yeah, it wouldn't heat. Remy Captain, Remy, Remy Captain, Tony yeah. Shannon. He's a patron as well. Shout yeah. to Tony for um, helping me not install the air, the uh, aircon, illegal aircon, correctly.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm terrible. I just I just outsource everything. <laughs> <So> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't but stand doing it. My wife gives I me grief for it. it.
0: I can't stand yeah. doing that. I want to do everything myself.
1: Oh no, I'm,
0: I'm the opposite. Uh, like quite it.
1: happily outsource it if I can. Anything. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I I mean I can see the benefit of why you're doing it. Why you want to do I it? I learned a lot. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Useless knowledge.
1: Yeah, I'm just going to say I've got no interest in learning about a thin echo, though. Yeah, fucking hell. Yeah,
0: anyway. Anyway. Um, right. How long is the. So explain just the process. So a service lever comes to redeployable. They listen to this. Oh, or anyone. But anyone. Like, maybe not just got out the service. Maybe, like you said, been out six years, 10 years, whatever I want to change. Or maybe. Are they in and thinking about getting out and not sure what to do? Yeah, Can they come to you for advice. Yeah, so they get in touch. Um, they let's say they're out already. What what happens? What happens then? They're interested, and then were you talking about courses they attend?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, there, there's two things there. So that they'll we'll generally have a chat with them to understand yeah. the drivers, uh, like why they want to move because like. Working from home isn't shouldn't be the only driver for moving into technology sales. There's a bit more to it than that. Sometimes, sometimes is the main. I just want to work from home. I just want to. I don't just want to work from home. Yeah, there's a bit more. We need probably need to talk about this a bit more. So there's just getting through that. Um, Then the the scholarships that we're working on at the moment uh, are limited, which is which is frustrating. But the scholarships, they're fifteen hundred pound courses for free. so I'm working on that at the moment. You mean there's limited spaces? Limited spaces, yeah, yeah correct. So I'm working with 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 uh, some big companies to build out training packages. the The aim is to be able to service, you know, ten, twenty s- service levers a-, a month from a training perspective to do to work at a bit more volume because the the demand for moving in from the service lever side is is quite high. I think it's refreshing to see other options out there than than just you kind of. Your status quo if you will and um, so yeah they, they'd come in we'd, we'd check that they are the right fit because not everyone that's fine not everyone's the right fit for for the the space i i don't think um but likewise i mean we're not i'm not a technical per. i'm not a coder. i wouldn't be right for that space either so just understanding where they are then it's about getting them up to a, a good level and understanding like what they want to do as well like everyone's Feels like everyone, all the, a lot of the software companies that, or some of the software companies that I've spoken with, like bracket, military people, is the same when actually everyone's different. Everyone wants different things. Everyone, some people want to support family, some people want to travel all the time. Some people want a low wage because they sit, they're sitting on the on the pension. Some people want to go big and want to really commit 10 years into something and you know, get to the next level. So it's understanding what they want and then matching them with good companies. Good companies who are looking for that type of person. Um, so there's a hole in between, but generally, looking about a month, I think a month from the scholarships, a month in total, and then look at placing after that month.
0: That's quite rapid.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's, um, it's four it's a four week course. Yeah, four weeks, four sessions, loads of pre work, loads of course work to do. Yeah, it's good.
0: Who put the course together?
1: The the training company oh, in course, San Francisco. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They they're like my I they're do not idolizer training company. That's a bit sad, isn't it? But they're like the they're like my go to. They'd be my go to uh sales training company globally. So I just went directly to their bit of sales tactic. I know that their their founder has a camper van that he goes in, so I just of course went, he does. I went straight into the San Francisco based founder with a camper van and just sold tried to sell to him that <laughs> service levers were the right move it worked it worked well I didn't he ignored me at first then i went to the whole team and then i came back up to the back up to the founder and he he responded eventually so nice. a bit of
0: persistence persistence mate persistence yeah. is key yeah, yeah mega um right where uh, where, where do people find it more redeployable do- UK?
1: Yeah, j- mm. jump on our LinkedIn page, find me, you can connect to me on LinkedIn, Ben Reed, R E A D. Um, my sister as well, Lucy Reed, R E A D. Again. Um, yeah, but we've we're just building out our website at the moment. It should be out in the next couple of weeks. We've got a redeployable.co.uk holding page at the moment.
0: Okay. So at the moment, best way is LinkedIn. LinkedIn.
1: Then- Get it. Yeah, i um, that's the only social media platform I really operate on right now.
0: All right. Sweet. Anything we haven't covered that you want to cover?
1: No. I love your studio. Fast. <laughs> thank you very much yeah yeah the <laughs> yeah. coffee is as expected <laughs> instant in, instant <laughs> like I just felt myself just going off on crazy tangents of like fucking what's in this coffee <laughs>
0: what's in ge- it's what's in Gez is the question well I what mean gez. It, it, gez with the coffee Gez with the Gez plus coffee yeah. that was one
1: of the most enjoyable podcasts I've listened to that like, Gez one <laughs> it was all the way up here it's like great I was, as soon as I started listening to him I was like I need to listen to all of this
0: <laughs> what do you think he'd be like as a salesperson
1: um I think he's got obviously he's, he's good he's a good talker, but I don't know if he'd, you've got to kind of you've got to listen to their point of view and he gets, he gets you could tell he's like the subject you're talking about he was like angry Annoys him, doesn't Imagine it? Imagine letting oh. him loose. Oh God, letting yeah. If if they, yeah, I
0: think he'd have that much energy as well. He'd be so invested in what he was selling. Oh yeah. He would he would start swinging if he didn't buy it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and the swinging bit does not work. You need to work. You need to walk away. I think he'd be a good salesman, but I, I mean, I don't know. He'd probably need to lay off the coffee a little bit. Like he's <laughs> he getting a bit intense. there
0: you go, there you go. Right, Ben, it's been an absolute pleasure. It cheers for time, mate. Enjoy. and uh, good luck
1: with what you're doing. Cheers, appreciate it. It's really
0: important. Yeah, it's gonna help a lot of people.
1: Cheers. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
0: That is it. Thank you for listening. You can become a patron of H-Hour by going to patreon.com forward slash HK podcasts. You can support the podcast in that way. You get access to a very niche core group of H-Hour podcast supporters. You get invited to a private Discord community or Discord server. You get access to all of the podcasts before anyone else. And you also get access to private interviews that are done with each guest that are never put out publicly. H-Hour patrons see them public do not. So for example, on this podcast, there was a pre-podcast interview done, which lasts in the vicinity of 10 to 20 minutes, where the guest was asked a specific set of questions, and all of the HR patrons get to access that. And the HR patrons chose the questions. Go to patreon.com forward slash HK podcasts and become a patron. Another shout to those who brought you the podcast today. Rugby the Heroes, a not-for-profit organisation, Raising money for military charities to support ex-military personnel and serving personnel on occasion in their hardest times, in their times of need. Rugby for Heroes were formed in the wake of the death of Private Joe Whitaker, who was sadly killed on Operation Servant in Afghanistan in 2008. And since they were formed in 2009, they have raised in excess of 120,000 pounds. Look on their website, rugbyforheroes.org, to find out about the next events. They've got many coming up this year and I will see you at one of them. Also bringing you this podcast today with the Aardvark Group. Aardvark have established themselves as a major player in its field renowned for exceptional technology and innovative propositions that have supported countless defence ministries, the humanitarian and NGO sectors and commercial operators in theatres of war and post-conflict environments around the world. They've got incredibly innovative technology that they deploy to help save lives in essence to reduce the risk of loss of life or severe injury through explosive threats. They also have an online shop where you can get kit on the man on the woman kit. If you're an operator working in those kinds of environments then head to aardvark.group and when you're checking out use the discount code H-H-O-U-R aardvark.group. Also bringing you this podcast today with combat cigars. When you have a mess function When you have a piss-up, when you have a get-together with the old crew, when you have a dining-in, a dining-out, a mess-do, whenever you think, man, should get cigars in for this, think combat cigars. That's what you want to be getting. A veteran-owned, veteran-operated cigar company sourcing their cigars from the heart of Colombia and bringing them right here into the UK for you to enjoy. Particularly of popularity right now is the Victory Cigar, which features on its band the medal ribbon with rosette of the South Atlantic medal, issued for those who took part in the Falklands campaign, recapturing the Falkland Islands after the Argentines invaded. Combatcigars.co.uk Thank you. Until the next time, out.